Out of everyone in our team, Cartel has received the most no's. But there's a lot of things that we do behind the counter that this guy is responsible for. Seeing them grow little by little. You knew where they started and then watching them now is like, All right, guys, welcome to the podcast of Pochi Bubble Tea Spill the Tea podcast. We have a special guest today. Um, this guy has been with us since the very beginning. Actually, fun story, he didn't really have a choice. Forcibly. So he was he forcibly. forcibly he just showed up and I was mm-hmm. like, cool, dude, you are working here with us now. So I also uh, didn't have a choice in hiring you. That's true. <laughs> you just showed up one day. I remember. And, and, you know, <laughs> Mela's like, you know, I wonder if I interviewed Gonsi, Gonsi at the time. Um, it's like I wonder if I would have hired him. I was like, yeah, probably not. But you know, didn't really have a probably choice. Not. Yeah, no. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so we have here who is now known as Artel. Now known. Now known. <laughs> he is the store manager of our Kirkland location. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been hitting that space for since April nineteenth, since we opened. Actually, even before then, because he was the one who mm-hmm. interviewed the team, mm-hmm. uh, trained everyone there. And really got him up to speed. He's already got an assistant manager set. And his assistant manager already wants to be the store manager at Kirkland. So this guy is doing something right. There is hope for you, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Artel, mm-hmm. the um, b-boy formerly known as Glency, could you give us a little introduction <laughs> about yourself and tell everybody who you are and, you know. And why you go by Glancy yeah. and Artel. So do I tell you like my whole family history? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. All right. <laughs> so I don't even know where to start. I guess I'll start with how I met everybody. So I met Ralph at Kung Fu. Um, started there like 2010. You were 13 or something. 13, like that? Yeah. somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah, and it was funny how I met Ralph because. He did not like me. <laughs> well, oh, what happened was... Um, what happened was... What happened was... <laughs> so it used to be a spot for all the B-boys just to dance. And, you know, I, I was interested in wanting to learn how to do it. Or wanting to learn, you know, martial arts. So I went to class, right? Looking all cool. I got my water bottle on me. I about to start class, right? Rob's like, all right, guys, line up. Me thinking it's cool with my water bottle to toss it up. This was way, like, way before when tossing water bottles was a thing. Mm. Toss it up and let it land on the counter. So I tossed it, walked away. It hit the counter, fell down. I looked at it. I'm like, nah. I walked away looking cool. <laughs> Ralph looked at me. He's like, so you're going to pick that up? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I met Ralph. <laughs> was he really scary? It was so scary. You like <laughs> stare right through your eyes and your, your soul. soul. <laughs> I like how you guys said that at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And then People I think shows. that day was that day was uh I felt bad for everybody else because that day he wanted to show me. So we we all had to hold stances for like a good five, ten minutes. And then we would start the actual class just so that he would come after me. <laughs> It's like you know when you're, you're one one person in the um in the it's like a drill sergeant ran mm-hmm. it kind of like a drill sergeant mm-hmm. when one person got out of line this guy mm-hmm. everybody suffered uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so did everyone in class just like stare at you like yeah, thanks they, a lot yeah. 
the cool guy. The cool guy. The cool guy. But yeah, and then I don't know. I just I started just doing classes, and then um, Ralph took over Pochi. And then, <laughs> uh, Wait, how how many years were you doing kung you fu? Skip like ten I years. Know. <laughs> kung fu. I know everything is just like possible. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, did class or did kung fu for like seven years. Became an instructor, worked under Ralph, and then Ralph took over Pochi, and I was like, oh, I want to join Ralph. <laughs> I want to follow Ralph, and then that's when I met you, and you were. I walked in the kitchen, or I was in the kitchen, you know. Stacking up fries, and then there you were like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> okay. Wow, you I, remember that? I, yeah. I wow. actually remember when he first started because I was, of course, you guys always worked at Kung Fu. So whenever you guys were done working at Kung Fu, mm-hmm. um, you guys would come over to Pochi to help close the store. So it's always late Five at night. Five days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember that's usually when it got busy and I'm in the drink station working and then you come in and you have Glency with you I mean Artel and <laughs> and um and you just tell me oh yeah he's gonna work here and then you like threw him in the kitchen with like zero training <laughs> and I'm like okay I hope we have some paperwork for him but all right I'm like I don't know who he is but okay cool yeah, no, there was no paperwork <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, he's getting zero training. I hope, I just remember it. Ralph just, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph was just, turns into the kitchen and immediately starts yelling at Glancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his words were, you're going to learn kitchen. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> just like we're back in it's like kung fu just yes sir uh-huh. <laughs> start learning it i mean i i think that's how you got trained honestly when you first mm-hmm. well you know first of all we didn't have paperwork when when we all started when mm-hmm. when there was barely see. anything the the only paperwork we had was what a copy of id yeah and, and the food handler's permit and that was it that yeah. was the only paperwork we ever had and in then the very you, beginning if you needed any animal any more information than you'd ask for it, but we literally had like no paperwork, zero. And if we look through our records back to 2015, ooh, there's like not a lot of paperwork yeah. or documentation. Yeah, we can't prove that you worked for us at 2015 because <laughs> yes. we didn't really have good documentation. I think I sent it through a text. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that was that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. And then how do you know Arthur? Because, I mean... I think I knew Arthur way back before I met you. So this was at the YMCA. Arthur was the legendary B-boy Atrix. Atrix. Everyone knows Atrix. Mm -hmm. Like in school, we would have Arthur Day, where you have to dress up. Yes! Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. There was an Arthur Day? No, there was. I've heard about it. On his birthday, dress in a suit. You have to. Yeah. It'll be disrespectful. We'll not bring to. we'll bring it back. It was an Arthur Day. It wasn't you that made that. It was not me. No, no. Was, <laughs> I feel like that's something you'd make up. It, w- it would be. It would be actually. <laughs> no, I think this was like the older generations, like uh, your friends. Like your <laughs> it was your group. friends. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Arthur was pretty popular in the day. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, 
I feel like every episode we talk about how cool Arthur is. I, I swear, you were, he's like <laughs> low-key. I wanted to make this my b-boy name, okay? Air Tricks, right? Because <laughs> I used to jump really high. Jump really high, air. And then I found out his name was Atrix, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys should battle. And I've seen all his videos, I'm like, no, just give it to me. <laughs> I would not take that name. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. So you actually known Arthur for quite a while. I've known Arthur. He taught me some of my first B-boy steps. Oh. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. <laughs> well, okay, so let's, let's kind of rewind back. Um, gosh, we were talking before, before we started recording that. The last time the four of us sat down and had just kind of like a regular chat, kind of a regular chat with you only with you only. Yeah. 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 Was when you were interviewing to be an assistant manager here in Linwood. Yeah. And that was a really fun experience. Fun. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> what, what made that so uh, scary or kind of like intimidating for you? Honestly, like, I think interviews in general, like even now, I'm like kind of a little shaky. But I think interviews in general just make it seem so. Prof- I don't want to say professional. It just makes me want to say the words that you guys want to hear versus mm-hmm. me really saying what I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a battle in my head. It's like, oh, am I even saying the right thing? Is this what they want to hear? Mm-hmm. Like feeling pressured. Yeah, yeah. So it's like whenever, like, if these weren't around, like our conversations would be mm-hmm. like a lot more, more authentic, more fun, and I think it is again to that authentic and fun. Uh, but yeah, back then, like like you were saying, if you were to interview me yeah. on my first day, yeah, you'd be like, "What's wrong with this kid?" <laughs> <laughs> if you were to interview you, what would you? Think? Oh yeah, well, if you were gonna interview you, <laughs> if I interviewed yeah. me, would you hire you? I would no. <laughs> 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 Oh my God, the honesty. Like, Thank yeah, you. <laughs> no, be, yeah, my sh- my answers. I remember. It's like, okay, what are your goals? Uh, to do good. <laughs> <laughs> like there were just one, like one word responses. And when you were like, give me an example. I'm like, Jack, I couldn't even remember the examples because I don't think I had any. I was like trying to, so hard to talk about what you guys would like to hear. Mm. So that's. That was that was the interview. So you went from be uh, like answering questions mm-hmm. in a way where you gave the answers of what you think the person wanted to hear, which you get now that you're doing a lot of interviews. You know what that's like, right? Yes. So how did you get over that? Like, how did you get past that? Because now you're a lot more like real, a lot more just you're you now. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I call you out on your BS when you're just giving me some like crap answer that's not really. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So how'd you get over kind of like wanting to or or just uh, answering in a way where the other the other person wants to hear? Mm. I think it's really understanding myself more because I know back then, like if I look up to you, I want to be you. Mm -hmm. So that's me trying to be somebody else. And I looked up to you a lot. Right. And you were this badass, stern. This guy is like on point whenever you walked in a room everybody looked they're like oh shit so i want to be that person so me being a different type of person made me lose who i am made me lose my authentic authenticness i don't know if that's word but yeah it made is me- now oh cool <laughs> <laughs> it made me lose like who i want to be 
or who I should have been. And now realizing that being authentic gets me more, being authentic just means like I'm able to be myself more and being myself more means like people see the real me and you build more connections that way. Awesome. So people get to like you mm-hmm. for the person that you really are mm-hmm. and not like you for somebody that you're really not. Mm-hmm. And that that's the thing too is like I was so caught up in trying to be liked by everybody. So mm-hmm. I had to do all these dif- different things to be, to want to be liked. Um, I know when I first started, you know, being the manager, I was, I was a clown. <laughs> I wanted everybody to laugh and I wanted everybody to just, you know, have a good time, but in a way where it affected my leadership, like affected who they see me as a leader, right? It was more so laughing at me versus with me, right? And then, you know, we've had all the conversations where it's like, hey, you should try this. I, I think they're laughing at you, not with you. It's, they won't see you as a leader that way, right? So then I tried the Ralph thing, you know, stern. <laughs> <laughs> the, all right, let's get this right. Um, and that, of course, was not me at all. That was like the opposite of who, who I was. And I think I lost a lot of people's respect that way. And, you know, it's, they just wouldn't want to follow somebody who's fake. Mm-hmm. And then owning, not like, owning like, you know, my responsibilities and being the store manager of Kirkland, like going through the process of running Kirkland made me really realize like what it really means to be a leader. And it's really first starting with yourself, being honest with yourself and being being able to be so authentic and say what you mean and like just be who you are and people will follow you because you're real. That was that was quite a journey for you mm-hmm. because um, you started we started this whole Pochi project back in 2015. Mm-hmm. We're in 2023. Gosh, yep. that's we're coming up on our eighth year. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we're we're not like as far as the company goes, we're not like growing really really fast because we're really kind of focusing on within and making sure we're developing our systems and processes really well before we expand. But um, you've been here since the beginning mm-hmm. and we've only taken, um, you've only taken over Kirkland since last year. Yeah. So your journey isn't like, wasn't overnight. Yeah. It was, it was a process. It was a process. And I think what also got me to thinking of like when, when I was able to be the store manager, right, that's always been one of my goals working mm-hmm. here. I wanted to be able to run a location. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to a store manager, I think what happened was everything started going down. Everything started, like, happening. I was, like, wrong. I got, like, in my head, I was, like, depressed. Like, things were just going wrong. Mm-hmm. And it became really difficult. And understand, like, looking back at it now, it's because I had this goal and I tried so hard to get to this goal. And when I got to that goal, it's like it just went downhill. It's because I really never appreciated and understood of liking the process to get to that goal. It, you kind of <laughs> gave your process meaning. You mm-hmm. gave your, your goal kind of meaning and, and purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. You weren't just 
yeah. being a naturally born, and we've seen this, somebody who's naturally born or like naturally good at something. Mm-hmm. Talent. Um, they mm-hmm. don't, yeah, people who are very talented yeah. can be very lazy because, yes. oh, they're so good. Yep. And then when it comes time to like really show that talent, mm-hmm. they mess it up. Mm-hmm. They drop the ball. Mm-hmm. In this case, you drop the spear. <laughs> <laughs> there was somebody that we knew that we trained with a long time ago. And um, really, really good. Talented. Mm-hmm. More talent than like either of us put together. Yeah. I mean, he says he could jump. This dude can jump like crazy. It doesn't look, it like defies gravity. And we were training and he doesn't go all out in our training. Like we kind of go all out when we train and practice. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were training one, I was like, dude, you got to push it a little bit more. Like practice like you really mean it. And it was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll turn it on when it's time for the demo. <laughs> demo came. Mm-hmm. Did not work. Yeah. yeah so you really got to put in. You, you have to perform every time the way you want to perform in real, like when it comes time for the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, and I think, too, when I was performing, even I messed up. Even no matter how hard I push, yeah. I messed up. I think the reason why I messed up was I was pushing so hard for this goal versus enjoying the process of getting to that goal yep yep once you get on stage and the adrenaline happens and it comes time to like perform Mm -hmm. right if you've never been used to performing all out or you're at your best ever Mm -hmm. then you only um what is it you fall to the highest level of preparation yeah Mm -hmm. we do not rise to the occasion we fall to the highest level of our training training yeah or yeah of practice Mm-hmm. for preparation i'm I'm curious here you were talking about um how uh, when you first started um you know building out kirkland and stuff since mm-hmm. you're kind of the the forefront of that and you, you said or you said for a little bit you got depressed and stuff mm-hmm. would, would you say that like the turning point for that was it once you started focusing on like the details of the journey of you know building kirkland up is that when, like, kind of, like, the depression started changing into more of, like, being, like, passionate about what what you were doing in the growth? Or what was kind of the turning point of when you went from, you know, kind of overcame the, the depression portion of that? Yeah, so, because for myself, like, what the thing that always gets in my head is I overthink and I beat myself a lot, mm-hmm. right? And... Being in that position is like yes, like I'm in that position. It's like it's not over, right? You got you got to be able to actually do the performance and be able to maintain what you've learned and be that store manager. And I think it's got to a point where it's like I just kept messing up, and the more I mess up, it just creates this snowball effect where everything just kept piling up and piling up, and it made me feel. Like, I couldn't do it. And at that point, it's just, like, should I give up? It's like, is this really meant for me? Is this what I'm even supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Because I just kept getting everything wrong. And then um, it's because the conversations that I was able to have with Maylin and Ralph and you, of course, where it's focusing on who I am as a person and focusing on the things that I do really well on and which is me connecting with people, like people being able to talk with people, connect with people and making sure that 
they're having the time of their lives. And when I was able to focus on that, those strengths that I have and those connections, everything else fell into place. And it, and it, it showed because like in your work, like I know you doubted yourself a lot and you mm -hmm. always were like, oh, I'm bad at this or I'm not very good at this. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that you weren't capable of doing those things or didn't know how to do those things mm -hmm. because the minute your mindset changed, your perspective changed, it was like, oh, my God, this guy was not ever not good at this. He was good at it. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. it was your mindset really that kind of affected everything. And once that shifted, like like you said, everything fell into place and you were just like on it with everything. Like I just told you recently, I was like, holy crap, like you're on it right now. Like, like I don't have to worry about a thing right now because like hmm. you've been so on it and you've been able to execute so well. Hmm. And I think it really is just from that mindset shift that you've had. Right. Yeah, no, like things that I was, well, I thought to myself I was terrible at was communicating <laughs> and my um, operations, just day-to-day -day yeah. operations, right? And for communication, I think what really made me so bad at it was working here and then, I guess, changing my my way of communicating with the team here. So back at Kung Fu, I was able to communicate with the kids, right? You just simplify everything, do it with them, and the communication from me to them was really easy, was really simple. It's like, in my head, it's like, man, I'm really good at communicating this. So, of course, I did really good communications. I came here. I asked. Things were communicated. And then there was miscommunication. And then things started falling apart. I'm like, man, I suck at communicating. So, of course, my communication sucked. So, it is definitely the mindset, especially now. Um, I got a lot better. Of course, I can do better. But I got a lot better at communicating the, the things that I need to communicate, right? And also back then, I think it was when I was in Philippines and I was born in the Philippines, went to Saipan, and I was raised in Saipan. It's my first language was always Tagalog, right? And when I spoke to people, it was it was me trying to learn English. And really I think that's all the communications part where I, I knew like first time ever I started communicating because I was trying to communicate to people that didn't really understand my language. So of course I started speaking English and then from there it's where I forgot my first language. So I think there's also that communication area where I kind of lost, mm. if that makes sense. Well, coming from like Tagalog being my first language too, it's like you have to, this is really weird. It's hard mm -hmm. to do actually because when you're, when you learn the first language that's not English, mm -hmm. you translate it in your head. So you went from Tagalog to English in your head, probably mm -hmm. for the longest time. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go through that process. And then it's almost like, I know your family still speaks Tagalog. Mm -hmm. So now do you go from English to Tagalog in your head? No, it, it's crazy. Because I am, in my head, I'm really fluent in Tagalog. Like if you speak to me Tagalog, mm -hmm. it's not all right, English. What is this? No, it's Tagalog. Oh, I know what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But. Yeah, that's, I think that's where the communication is, like that process where it's like, oh, I got to turn it this way for me to understand and then yep. be able to communicate. So that. inherently, Tagalog is still your first language. It is. Yep. You just can't 
speak it as much. Yeah, right? so <laughs> for some reason, subconsciously, I just can't say the words properly or the right way. I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Not with Tagalog, but with Cambodian. <laughs> mm. I think it, it's me being in Saipan. It was, it, was, it was a little messed up when I was there growing up because when I did speak Tagalog, I would get bullied to a point where I had to speak English to fit in and to be able to communicate. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, wow. so I was bullied into not speaking Tagalog. The second school? Yeah, wow. school, yeah, just really. like the the area there. It was, again, back when I was living there, it was really, really hard for Filipinos living mm -hmm. there because it was so, like, I guess, diverse. Like yeah. The Islanders and the Filipinos, they didn't really get along. And yeah, and it was just more so you guys, you guys speak English to be able to fit in. And again, subconsciously, I can understand Filipino. I can like fluently understand it. I just can't speak it. I can't say it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, I know, kind of going back to the whole communications thing. And this is what I kind of noticed is we did talk about how much you needed to work on your communication. Mm -hmm. But I think what we're, I think part of that, part of that we got to own that 100 percent. that's kind of on us because we were trying to get artel formerly known as glancy to <laughs> talk in a way where we thought it would be fitting mm -hmm. and then now he's just speaking and communicating in a way where it's just him yeah and so now that he's able to not have this like oh i have to be a certain way or i'm mm -hmm. trying to be a certain way i think he's actually able to communicate better yeah I think we didn't help it the first couple of years. No, definitely not. <laughs> and then also, I think we tried to accelerate your like learning process way faster than you were ready for. Mm -hmm. So I think that put even more pressure on you than than necessary. And then the <laughs> pressure between us trying to work with you and communicating to, to like just your experience, it mm -hmm. was just like a lot going mm -hmm. on. And I think we went too fast, too much, too soon. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the constant, like, here's where you need to get better communicating, which translates to my head. You're a bad communicator, which mm -hmm. then in my head, it's like, yeah, you just like communicating. Just don't do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it was um, definitely, definitely the experience of that. I mm -hmm. think it also helped me really understand where I'm at. So now, like, looking back. I should have enjoyed that process. <laughs> if I enjoyed that process of learning how to communicate, I think I would have done a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, it kind of happens to all of us at one point or another, but mm -hmm. I remember back then, um, and I saw kind of like how you, you took the feedback and critique into, it was like, oh, okay, like they're telling me I did this wrong or I could have done this better. And then you mm -hmm. took it really hard because you were really hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. So... We could visibly see that. Yeah, it was like slumped shoulders. It was like um, you were in your head. Um, you were a bit more quiet. Um, so how do you take things in now? Like how how do you think about it now? How is that different? Oh, uh, I think I take it for what it is. It's you guys communicate to me not in a way to who I am as a person. It's yeah. now just the behavior. And behaviors can change. Yep. Right? It's 100%. when you guys communicate, it's like, here's what you're doing wrong. I look at it as, oh, maybe if I just need to fix my behavior, then things will go right. Versus back then, it's like, 
man, I'm stupid. I suck at this. Take Why it more personal. Here? Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all personal, right? It's, but for, uh, yeah, right now it's like I I still do take it to heart because I do care about what you guys say, and that needs me to being able to change my behavior. I love that. Well, here's the thing too. Like I remember, what kind of going back to being in kung fu and stuff. I mean, we've we've trained. We've um, gosh, oops, I fidget. Uh, we've trained, and this guy. I mean, we've we've bled, we've sweat, and he's choked me out before. He's made me cry. <laughs> well, you gotta say that. that. <laughs> well, I remember that, that story. Not, not, not emotional pain cry. That was a physical pain cry. That was emotional. <laughs> it was both for it you. Was both. <laughs> it was his elbows contacted to my head. Ooh, ouch! He had a helmet. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I had a helmet and a mouth guard. Yeah, he when he used his elbow, my helmet turned from one way, one eighty to the other way. I turned it back. I was like, he was like, are you ready? Yeah. Bam, went the other way. <laughs> and then it's just tears. Yeah, I turned it back. You see tears. <laughs> And he says, go wash your face off. <laughs> for for oh. anyone listening or watching, by the way, this this was while they were training martial arts. This is not a regular we day. We don't day physically day. abuse our <laughs> employees. This is in the kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen. This is in the kitchen. In the middle oh of a work God. day. <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> before we got into glitzy crying, Artel, um, it's it's actually I'm not surprised that he's in a position of leadership that he is in now because when I left I was a head instructor at Kung Fu, right for a while and when I left, it, like no questions asked, he was the head instructor, like he went from the kid, who threw the water bottle and left it there and yeah I'm cool yeah whatever, <laughs> to the guy in charge, to the guy in charge of all the kids programs and the teenager programs. And probably led some of the adult classes occasionally too. So, I mean, that's a huge from oh, yeah. from zero to yeah to being that to be the top guy there was you know it kind of just happened naturally. And then of course here we are. You had no choice but to learn the kitchen very beginning. <laughs> I think that's um, that's the main point there. No choice. No choice. There was no choice. <laughs> there was no choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's what's also really crazy too. Um, and it really speaks to your character is out of everyone in our team, Artel has received the most no's out of everyone. We've mm. told you no to so many things so many times over the years. Like, like I could not count how many times we've said no you to actually you. Has, yeah, this guy actually has a lot of good ideas. Yeah. And we've said no to a lot of those, a lot of it because it just wasn't the right time. But some mm -hmm. of it were just kind of like, kooky and like off the wall <laughs> but here's the thing what i really like is that you don't give up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of people get the first couple notes and like oh okay never mind my, yeah. i'm done mm -hmm. but it's like oh how about this nope how about this nope there's a lot of things that we do now i can't tell you guys what that is because you know trade secret but there's a lot of things that we do behind the counter that this guy is responsible for mm -hmm. yeah for um speeding up our efficiency and mm -hmm. process um for operations um, mm -hmm. and just being able to do it better, more yeah. efficiently, like this guy right here. Um, yeah. Some of the new additions to our menu, actually. <laughs> this guy right here. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still waiting on chocolate pudding. Mm. <laughs> oh, wait. Am you, I not supposed to say that? No. Um, <laughs> you make it for us and then we'll let you know. <laughs> we have to try it. 
I'll give you a no right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, but there's been some ideas where we have said no, and then we'll we'll revisit and totally forgot that you brought it up like years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I told you this before. <laughs> yeah, I actually started dating the things that I said. <laughs> and I told Arthur about this. I started dating it when you said no. Mm-hmm. And then... Maybe in like the next couple months, I would have somebody else bring it up. Yeah. And you guys are like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you still have the list of dates? I still do have it. Okay. <laughs> Maylin knows exactly how you feel because I say no to her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do know how you feel. I brought many, many um, ideas up. And then Ralph, two seconds later, brings up the same idea. And I'm like, I literally just told you this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I enjoy the process of when you guys say no, and I'm like, all right, well, let me think of something else. And you guys will say yes. Yeah. I will make you guys say yes. Yeah. Okay, wait. Um, question. What made you, like, not take those no's personally? That is a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm. no's are hard. I, I, th- I think that's that's where I enjoyed the challenge, mm. where you guys are, like, constantly saying no. I'm like, Okay, next one, right? Yeah. It's, it's like it's like trying to find the yes versus mm. focusing on I all the no's. Mm. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the yes. Mm-hmm. That's going on the hot takes right there. Yeah, it only take one yes. Mm-hmm. One yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I came up with something good. <laughs> that, was, that, like was, that? that was fire, man. I don't know where you got that. So here's the thing. Um, it's funny because the a few nights last week or the week before, I was telling Maylin, because Artel and I would you would talk a lot occasionally and just kind of like bounce off ideas. There's a lot of times where he'd be asking me questions like, Hey, how do I do this? Or like, how do I approach this? And then for a while I didn't hear from Martel. And I was like, I was telling me, I was like, honey, I, I think Martel's kind of like starting to drift away. Like he's like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm not talking to him as much. It, and it I feel felt distant. It felt distant. Yeah. He felt more, he felt more distant. And then we had a conversation outside, and he told me about the book he's reading, what he's learning, how's he, how he's implementing it. I'm like, this is the most proud moment I have. <laughs> this guy is like, Literally. we've talked about this. It was like, I, there was a time that I am looking forward to where you don't need my coaching as much. You don't need me helping you, and you don't need mm-hmm. me uh, helping you see other things, um, and where you get to have that kind of like lesson within yourself. And when we were talking out there and you were telling us all this stuff, I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is the moment. It was like a bittersweet moment because it's like that means I don't get to talk with you as much because also the sweet part, because you're able to grow yourself now. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a really cool moment. It was very bittersweet. Yeah. And it was kind of like, it's like, um, well, we're not parents or anything, but it's like when the child leaves like goes off and like becomes an adult and you know spread their wings get gets out into the world it was kind of like that moment because when i became an adult (laughs) (laughs) okay well you say that (laughs) but um yeah no really i that's when i messaged you that night because this guy would not stop talking about that moment yeah and i was like i just need to tell him oh. like you how- message him yeah oh sorry i didn't, t- <laughs> I didn't tell ralph no, that i messaged you <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you know i messaged him that night and i was like ralph is so proud of you um but Thanks, be- <laughs> <laughs> that night i don't know about that moment right there, but- <laughs> But yeah, he was so proud of you. And I think it became 
it went from kind of being worried about how you were doing to mm-hmm. like, okay, actually he's okay. He's just more independent now. You know, he just doesn't need us to handhold um, him through like every little thing that mm-hmm. you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. which is huge, mm-hmm. which is huge. It's like you've come a long way. And I think because Ralph has been there since the beginning, since what, you were 13, mm-hmm. um, it was just like a huge moment. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm always looking for guidance. Right. And I think when you when you guys brought that up, it's like, oh, you're more independent. I didn't realize it until you guys told me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, that's a big step up. Because, again, I always go for you guys' advice, right? And I still do. Like, there will be times where I do need advice. And I know you guys, I remember you guys bringing up the advice, like, where, you know, I started talking about the books and the podcast. And you guys are like, we told you, we told you to do this way before. <laughs> what, what made it change now? And thinking back at it, it's, if I were to read the same books that I'm reading now, back then and listen to a podcast i think the the change in myself won't be the same now mm. if that makes sense like yeah. more ready to accept it now. Yeah, yeah yeah so because the again it's i was able to really be honest with myself honestly in the, like last year this this last year yeah right that's when i noticed myself changing and when i started reading those books it just started clicking and it's just started making sense and how I can apply that to my leadership skills. Because if if I did this back then where I was reading these books, it was now more so for me like trying to impress you guys and trying to mm, trying point. to do yeah. what the book is telling me to do, but not in my own way. It's gonna be just, the book tells me to do this. I'm gonna do exactly this. Yeah, right? it didn't resonate as as yeah. well. Yeah. Now now I'm able to read this and listen to this and be like, okay, how can I make this like make this in my own way, my own style, right? Being my my authentic way. Nice. And that's, you know, that comes, um, you've come a long way there because I know one time there was a point in time where you were thinking of quitting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I don't know if you guys knew about that, but there was a time where Glancy was actually thinking of quitting. Artel, you were Glancy at that time. (laughs) We got to go over why he's Artel or Glancy. Okay. Yeah, can you explain why we call you Artel and Glency sometimes? Okay, so <laughs> I grew up with being called Glency because that is my second name. Artel is my first name, and I see Artel as a as a name that I would only use in school, right? It's professional. <laughs> it sounds more professional, and Glency is more so um, casual, casual, and to people that I'm close with. Yeah. So here I was always been called Glency. And I see Artel now as like, why can't that be both? Why can't that be a casual professional name? And it's also easy when, you know, you're signing signatures and documents. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> what's your first name? Glency. Well, here in your license says Artel. Oh, I'm like, you're right. It is Artel. So, <laughs> so it is, it, one made everything in that, like, legal-wise easier. And then Artel is just casual, professional name. It's unique, too. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty unique. But anyways, kind of going back to you, there was a point in time, nice, trying to distract that. There was a point in time where you were thinking of quitting. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? At point that When you were at that point, like what got you there? What got you out of there? Sitting in a role with like lots of responsibilities um, is when things started to fall apart for me because I had to set the standards, the expectations. I had to do this to make 
to be in this role, right? Uh, Can you explain that a little bit? It, it, it's when I like when I achieved like certain roles, like lead position or even the store manager position, mm-hmm. right? I was there, and then things just started going wrong, and then in my mm-hmm. head, okay. it's mm-hmm. like you are failing. You just can't do it. It's just give up. You're done. Like why are you even here, right? Mm-hmm. It's during those moments where I felt like young depressed and like. I just wanted to give up. And I think those those were the moments that made me want to quit. Yeah. So, like, right now, if you can go back to Glency mm-hmm. Artel back in 2015, 2016, when you first took over. Yeah. Time travel. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? You're a dumbass. That was the key phrase back then. That was the key phrase. That's my fault. Um, what is- I would really tell myself was just to enjoy my work as I'm working. Like enjoy, enjoy that. everything that I'm doing, right? Because, again, back then my goal was to move up in rank, to be the best of the best. Because that's what I was taught. Just you got to be the best. That really, that didn't really made me enjoy what was in the moment. So being able to enjoy the moment and enjoy the process. So what's kind of like your favorite things to do in your role now? In my role now, I th- yeah. oh, there's a lot <laughs> yelling. No, <just> <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm in my role. I think I'm able to to guess can be able to see like our team more. Because in this role, you you want, you gotta be constantly, you know, at work, right? But just being able to, one, connect with the people that are there and seeing them grow little by little, it's it's watching them. You knew where they started, and then watching them now is like, wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing, right? Uh, uh, part of that too, uh, and like I know we're trying to wrap up here, but like one of the things that I really enjoy watching now is your salary 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in your schedule the other night to have a conversation with your assistant manager because you wanted to coach him on something. Mm-hmm. And not on his schedule because he's salary, he doesn't clock in, clock out. So it's not part of his 40 hours. Like, no, I, want, I, I, go, I want to go talk to this guy. There's a thing, some things that I want to kind of help him get through. Mm-hmm. And you, you take your time. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm not clocked in, so I'm not going in. It's like you really take your time to be with your team to help your team, um, and you take that like to heart and you take that really seriously. That that ability the to care. be the care mm-hmm. beyond. It's definitely it's like going above and beyond, like in a different way, yeah. because a lot of people I know like time is very important, right? That's something that you will never get back. Mm-hmm. But instead of thinking defensively, like oh, this is my time, I'm never gonna get this back. It's it's my time. That I want to be able to give. That I get to. That you get, get to. to do it, do this with. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the when I used to do things right, again, it was more so if I want to do this for them, it was because there's a there's a purpose, there's an intention. I'm, it's just it's gonna make me happy. Now I see it as I want to do this for them. That's it. There's no because. There's no reasoning. It's yep. just because. I just want to. I want. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to do this for them. That's it. So it's more of a selfless act with nothing in return. Like if I don't expect anything back, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. 
solely for that. I think that's great because you mm-hmm. you've learned to give instead mm-hmm. of like guarding your time so hard that mm-hmm. it's like this is my time. It's like you learn to give your time, mm-hmm. and it shows in the team in your team because the store manager that we're gonna have in our north location used to be your assistant manager, mm-hmm. and when we were doing some switching and stuff, one of the things he said was like, "Hey, when we do this switch again, I want to make sure." Artel is good. So if I need to, if, if you guys are cool with it, can I kind of assist him like I did before? Because I want to make sure I have his back because he has always had mine. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. somebody's doing something right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it shows in um, your customer service too because mm-hmm. there's Definitely. been so many of our regulars or our customers that just love and adore you. <laughs> like, yep. like John. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you guys go to Kirkland, if you guys ever go to Kirkland and this guy's sitting on the table on in the Kirkland location, he may not be in like uniform. He'll just say hi to you, and it's kind of weird. Some nor- some random guy in it is. casual <laughs> casual wear saying, "Hey, how you doing?" But like that's just kind of how it is, and it's actually kind of a a a nice little culture change where yeah. we just start like really just greeting people very authentically as they come in. Yeah. You guys have so in Kirkland, it's I, I feel like you know half of your customers by name. Oh, we do. We know their drinks too. Yeah. As soon as they walk in, we go, Thai milk tea with Lola, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And then like uh, when customers, not even customers, but just people walk by, not even yeah. into the store, we just wave hi. We've yeah. had regulars that come in and say, the reason why I came here is because you wave at me that day. Oh, while they were outside, really while they were nice. outside, even before we opened, like yeah, we were training, yeah, we would just wave at people randomly. And he would be sitting. Um, <laughs> it was funny because I would see him sitting just like at the tables, not in uniform, and he would be waving to people on the street, <laughs> and they don't know that he works works there. And I'm like, hey, you know, you're not in uniform, right? <laughs> they probably think you're a rando, just like you know, <laughs> the fact that their attention turns and they're like, oh. And then they look everywhere else, poachy folks. Yeah. So. <laughs> guy, I love it. That's well, awesome. before we close out, Artel, is there any last words or um, any last tips that you could give to people or suggestions? You've got a lot. I think I think you have a lot more than you think, man. I do have a lot. I th- I think just my main words of wisdom or like what I am focusing on now is just mm-hmm. enjoying the process and enjoying the moment because. W- when you enjoy the moment, everything else will just come in place. You gotta enjoy the nice. pain. You hear that, Benji? Yeah. You enjoy <laughs> the pain. Hey. Wait, what's your favorite drink of the moment? My favorite drink of the moment right now is a passion fruit green tea. Is that what you're drinking? That's what I'm drinking. Mm. Hey. Nice. Arthur is drinking um, Beast Mode without the flavoring, so it's just Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I think tomorrow I'm feeling caramel coffee ice cream blended, though. <laughs> That's the moment. Hey, that's that's really for tomorrow. Good. That one's good though. <laughs> what are with you drinking, Melan? I'm drinking a peach lychee green tea with mango jelly. Oh, I went with a winter melon black tea. Yum. No sugar, no added sugar. Oh yeah. Um, grass jelly and the coconut jelly. I love our grass jelly. Ever since we started making that ourselves, mm-hmm. it is so good. It's like, a textural I will, thing. Yeah, I would eat that just in a cup by itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's probably not that healthy. But like yeah, some ice cream or something. Yeah. Oh. My, oh. Or oh. Eat, like our parents' generation, it would be just grass jelly, ice, and then sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the grass jelly drink. Mm-hmm. Or, or condensed milk. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Shaved ice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stay tuned for the next episode because uh, 
We might bring this guy back sometime. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks, guys. Thank child. you so much. Bye.